Hello, and welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast with Starshima and Kevin, the podcast for the nursepreneurs. Get ready for some straight talk on everything nursing and more. So you all, as you guys heard on the previous podcast, Kevin had a commitment. That he was going to come on here. Who said that? Was that on your solo solo podcast? Yeah. Kevin was supposed to do a solo podcast where he was going to teach you all some amazing, amazing information about how you excel as a nurse. (laughs) And y'all, he let me down. He made me come on today and record with him. Solo shit. That's what he says, but I think I he didn't ain't trying to join Kevin and Starshima to be fucking just Kevin. It's Kevin, Kevin just- and Starshima or Starshima <laughs> and Kevin. Which you put your name first. I don't care, but whoever it is, it's us. We, me and you, not me. Just remember that shit. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you are hilarious. You are hilarious. <laughs> y'all, y'all just timestamp this because it's going to be one day he's going to be on the podcast teaching y'all some good content. Yeah, he's gonna be like, it's without. us and we, it is me it is. delivering no. <laughs> the content today. <laughs> it, is, it is we. There's we. Yeah. It's me and you. It ain't no fucking just me. Right? Oh. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna jump into the content today, y'all. We promised that we came on and we really was gonna give y'all some secret sauce. And as we were in the green room and we were sitting here and we were thinking, we were like, Kevin, like, I was, well, I was like, Kevin, like, what are some of the complaints, right, that patients are having with us? as nurses in the profession right now. So we worked our magic and we're going to share with y'all three things tonight about what patients are complaining about in the hospital, and then hopefully give you some insight as to ways that you can be better to help make our patients much more comfortable. And one of the topics that patients complain about when they're in the hospital is, and I think this is important, is communication, right? So the patients may feel that they're not being adequately informed or involved in their care. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kevin, as being on the other side, as a patient, I don't feel like, yeah, so I don't feel like we are being communicated to as a patient as thoroughly as we can. Now, I'm going to share with y'all my perspective of why this might be so, and I want y'all to unpack it. And Kevin, I want to hear your insight too. So when it comes to communication, the patient says, hey, like, I'm not really feeling like I'm being adequately informed. And when I think about as a patient of not being adequately informed, hey, I'm not getting clear communication. They're giving me real vague and roundabout communication, not specific to me and my condition, understanding my treatment to why they're doing what they're doing, the medications that they are giving me. And then here's the big thing of not validating the symptoms that I'm telling you that I am experiencing as if they're invalid. And what I feel in this space is that the lack of communication is happening. Part one is that we don't always know what to communicate. Like I remember becoming a nurse and I was talking to my students about this today, being a pathophysiology like geek, right? I wanted to know like what was going on in the body and what medications I was giving to my patients so that I can be able to communicated. But when we have very shallow and superficial knowledge around the things, right, that we are needing to teach our patients, whether it's about their disease process and their medications, we can't teach what we don't know. So then on the other side, when patients are asking real specific questions and depending upon their level of literacy, then we're not giving them back what they need. And I feel like that is one area from my perspective 
being a nurse, but also being a patient of where communication lacks. And I can see how patients complain about, can have complaint about communication. What do you think, Kevin? Well, I'm going to go one further because I, I don't want you to say because it'll make you look like you're being biased. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay. Maybe I do. But because you were just a patient, I talk a lot about this. I don't know if you remember Jerry. Remember mm. Jerry from St. Agnes? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Jerry? Mm-hmm. She's an RN now, FMP. Uh-huh. We talk about this is implicit racial biases in the healthcare. And the mm-hmm. Board of Nursing is mandating that if you teach classes, you got to talk about these things. Right. What is one of the implicit racial biases? Do you know? Just one of them. Like pain? Yeah, but related to who? What patients? What kind of patients? Black patients, women. Black women, multi, pain. right, right. Yeah. So, you know, but why though? Why are black women less likely to get pain medications and heard than other patients? I think it could be a multitude of different reasons. Maybe it's one misunderstanding about who they are as individuals and the way that they speak. Sometimes they can be passionate. Some people think you're being passionate. You're passionate about how do people perceive that passion. That's what I said. And the perception of when you're passionate and you're passionate about a thing, people think that that's aggression. And then in the aggression, let's get pushback or they're difficult, they're hard to deal with. And in that, everybody comes with that bias before they even get an opportunity to really get to know you with that, which is really, I mean, it's unfair treatment, but sometimes you just got to shock the ass. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, <laughs> no, but I mean, I get that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get it because, you yeah. know, you're you're expecting to be treated one way and you get mm-hmm. treated another because talking about black women, black women, and especially the role it plays in the, in the higher race. So maternal death, black women have a higher maternal deaths occurring, mm-hmm. alarmingly higher is what it says in the black female population. You're more likely to lose kids in birth than other than other races and stuff. But why is that? Was well, it I, is it due to a lack of communication or do, the, because of the implicit bias? I think, it's, I think it's both. I think it's lack of communication. I think it's lack of understanding about culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, well, I think that that's so. When we, I think, when we don't understand culture, we can't communicate well as well, right? Yeah, I know, but this is just my opinion. Now, I, mm-hmm. I'm not a black person, but you know, I've been around a lot of black people in my life and shit. Have you? Think, yeah, like how many? You know, one, one like five? Bit, you know, just one or two? I, I gave you too many. I said yeah. five. <laughs> said you said two. <laughs> and, and you understand us, huh? And you understand I do. us. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. I do. You, you culturally. I, aware and sensitive and I, I may not be I wouldn't say I'm an expert because I'm not fucking black but I think I I from this is just my opinion mm-hmm. nobody else's I don't have any motherfucking medical evidence to prove this shit but my own observational experience mm-hmm. black people were brought here a long time ago we all know that I'm not gonna rehash that shit but I think what we miss is we expect you Starshima, the black woman, to act like Kevin, the black man, because we're all Americans. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair because black people have their own culture. They got their own thought process. I mean, just like every other culture, they got their own thought process. Mm-hmm. They got their own language. They got their own behaviors, peculiarities about them. Mm-hmm. And so I think we don't really try to get to know people for who they are and where they grew up, how they, you know, not everybody was, and I'm not saying all black people, don't get me wrong, because there's affluent black people who were raised like white people and shit and they probably think like we do and stuff but not everybody's different so why don't you take that person on face value Mm -hmm. and just say hey starshima i don't know who you are i don't know why you're here but i'm gonna do the best i can to take care of your black ass right 
I think it's because we're not culturally sensitive. Now, is that rude of me? Did I get in trouble for saying black ass? No, I didn't get offended. I, I know that you're Kevin. Maybe it's perhaps somebody <laughs> else listening on the other side. I know that's why I got to like my, You know, but, so I'm okay with that. You and know I don't think that you're racial, racial at all. And I don't think that you're slow, throwing any racial slurs or anything like that. I would like never that. do that. Yeah. So I think that what well, I will say is never, because I'm sure we all have used some kind of a racial undertones in our life. And all of us, yeah, and across all races, Yeah, right? I do. I really believe that. I do agree with you is that we're, and think about here in a valley, like we're a huge melting pot. And when we're not culturally aware and we're not culturally sensitive, then we can't communicate well with people at the very basis of our care plans and the driver of our care. We have to understand the individuals that we're caring for. And if we come in with biases, no matter what race, whether you're black, whether you're, I mean, white, whatever it is, right. right? You have to understand who they are to be able to communicate effectively with them well. And even communication comes down to literacy. Like so many times. Mm, you were reading my mind. We don't know how much a person knows and how much they don't know. And with that, that when we don't understand that, we don't know how to communicate with them. That's why I talked. And I know I, I, it sounds terrible, to me, but that's why I talk to most people like you're a fucking third grader. Until you prove me otherwise. And it's not to be mean, but so you, you just talk about this. We talked about implicit biases or racial biases. It doesn't mean people are racist. If you think that about yourself, then maybe you should check the fuck yourself. Everybody has racial implicit biases. They can't help. Yeah. You know, but on top of that, now we're talking about literacy issues. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we're talking about nurses or healthcare providers talking in a total different language that your patient may or may not understand. I talk about this all the time. When you give discharge instructions to your patient, you talk in milliliters or you talk in medical terms. Most people have no shit. Nurses don't even understand medical terms. How is the fuck the patient going to understand that shit? Seriously. No, No, but I really mean that. Like, I try to talk to people that my patients anyway into terms they understand. Yes. Like, I've had patients who I've given preparation H2 Mm -hmm. and it was rectally, supposed to have been rectally. Yes. And I didn't tell them to pull the foil off the Preparation H suppository. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. And what did they do? They shoved the whole foil and everything up their ass. <laughs> did they oh, cut it fault? a little bit? No, I'm just kidding. Well, who's fault? It is. I'm sure they did, but who's fault? And I've had, I've told patients to take their suppository, take it once or twice a day, come back and see us in a week. But I didn't specifically say take it regularly. I think, was it the last episode we talked about this? Somebody, or maybe somebody in class talked about this. What does PO mean? You tell your pa- oh, you tell, right. yeah, but you tell your patients to take the medicine PO. Mm-hmm. What does PO mean? For the average layperson, they probably don't know, but for us in medical term, like it means by mouth. Yeah. But what does maybe somebody who, like you said, may not be very literate? What can PO mean to them? Pissed off? I don't know. Take a PO. Take it when you pissed it, off. No, I'm just kidding. Let's see, Orpheus. Oh, I know. Okay. Sounds. I know, but I, somebody told I re, I'm not making this up. Somebody told me a classic story. I can't remember who it was. I wish I know, and I gave them a shout out. But they were telling me about how they were given discharge instructions for some medication that was supposed to be for their vagina. Maybe it was a UTI or something. I don't remember what it was, vaginal infection. But but they told them to take a PO, and the and the patient thought they meant pussy orifice. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I I know it sounds crazy, but you know, not everybody's had education like this. And even yeah. nurses who are educated aren't very educated sometimes. Absolutely. So how can we communicate effectively if we don't try to understand, one, 
the person where they came from, the the racial aspects of it, their cultural aspects of it, their literacy aspects of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that. Yeah. And then in that, when you can't do that and we don't put the patient at the center of the care. And I really challenge every nurse. You know, I want you to think about like the last shift that you worked. And were you culturally competent? Was you culturally aware? Were you culturally sensitive in caring for that patient? Or did you come in with some type of bias? Are you in the healthcare field or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0306. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. In caring for that patient? Or did you come in with some type of bias or because they looked a certain way or they had a certain status or maybe perhaps even like being homeless? Like we don't communicate with them because we think that they don't understand. But what you come to find out is that some homeless people are pretty sharp people. Everybody right. is, is all one bad decision away from being right. in somebody else's shoes, right? That's right. And so we have to remember that. And when we unpack these things and think about these things is when we can turn around the complaints that patients are talking about. How can we get them more involved in their care to prevent them from coming back to the ED with shit you like? You should have understood that, but nobody explained it. And right. here's the other big thing, Kevin. Yeah, but do, that's we a big resources? do we get resources to those patients? No. And here's the thing, or here's the other thing that's when it comes to communication, because communication is written and is non is verbal and nonverbal, right? right? We also give these patients these discharge instructions when they're leaving our facilities with no education around it, and then expect them to be able to read. How do we know if we haven't taken the time to assess if they can read and comprehend what they're reading that they can read this instruction? We don't give a shit. So we we, we just get, want to get in and get the hell out because I got shit to do. Right. But, you know, you think about it as nurses, like we we think about that we're undervalued, which we are. People don't appreciate us. But also we have to look where we become. I appreciate you, too. And all of our listeners. But we got to think about where have we become jaded to feed into the narrative as nurses with this. And communication is a big thing. If you don't have communication, you don't have nothing. You have just destroyed that nurse patient relationship. If you ask most nurses. And I'm maybe a stretching, but I feel if you ask most nurses, why did you get into nursing? Most of them would say, because I wanted to make a difference to help people. Mm-hmm. But then once you get into it, you get so jaded that you stop helping people. And shit. it's like a, it's like a vicious cycle and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's crazy. Like if you really want to help people, then fucking help people. Quit being yeah. mad at them because they show up to the ER 20 or 30 times a week and shit. Get right. Shit. I'm not right. out in the fields. Picking fucking grapes in the hot sun and shit. I'm in the air conditioner building, getting paid high dollar to fucking give somebody a turkey sandwich. Like, the fuck can you yeah. be mad about that? Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, so I think for us to be as culturally like sensitive and aware and eth- like that ethno, being so ethnocentric like that, the way that we do things are the only way to do things. Let's not do that because when we do that, we block communication with our patients. We're not healing our communities, we're only making our communities. Right. Sicker, sicker right? right and then they're coming back they don't know how to take their medications you know we don't but how do we change that because we don't take the time to edit. yeah but yeah so i'm just thought this is just me but i'm thinking you keep throwing out the word culture 
But it makes me wonder if a lot of nurses, when they hear the word culture, they only think of color. Yeah. They don't think about culture, meaning we have a culture in nursing. What is our culture in nursing? We're all different colors in nursing. Right. What is our culture in nursing? Do you right. know what that is? Tell us about it. I think our culture is nursing is we want to do what's best for us and what's not best for the patient. You know, we want to bitch and complain, but we don't want to bring to the table any solutions. Mm. That is a culture. Yeah. And we I, I won't mention her name because I don't want fucking Jane to bleep me out and shit. But yeah, Jane bleep them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had a director, a new director at St. Agnes that was there for a while. And I won't tell you her name. She was all right, but she was kind of quirky and shit. But she came from the Department of Transformation. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that? The Department of Transformation. Now, I heard the Department of Transportation. Right. <laughs> right. No, no, but I get you. No, but I, even me, I'm, I'm a smart dude. And I had to ask her, what the fuck is the Department of Transformation? And she told me it's the, it is a department that the hospital has that those people are put in charge to change the culture hmm. of the whole organization. Okay. I but can how see hard that. Is it? Yeah, but how hard is it to change a whole culture? It's tough. That's tough. Right. Yeah. So how do we change a whole culture in nursing? Well, I think you and I are on the cutting edge of changing the culture of nursing right now with this podcast. We're only two damn people. Ain't nobody listening to us. And shit. But we're two people with over 2,000 downloads that people are listening to us. Yeah. We're giving them thank voices. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank y'all for 4, listening. 4,000. Quit being lazy and shit. Look, what, right. how hard? Look, how hard is it? Mm. Share it. <laughs> I don't understand that. It's not rocket science right. and shit. But I think we're changing the culture and we're it's, it's making yo, yeah, I where we are trying. And I think oh, with I our with try. our effort is that we get more people on board and people begin to see it from a different lens, right? Not that the way that we've always seen it to be true, because we have to evolve as the world is evolving. Like, you know, I, I think we will be so stuck with saying, like, look at these millennials and what is it, Gen Xers now or whatever it is, it's a whole new culture. Like yeah. the way that they do things, right. their worth ethic is a hell of a lot different than you and I. Don't get right? me in trouble and shit. Cause my worth I mean, ethic, okay. like it's high. Like I look at me, it's fucking seven o'clock, and I'm still here and shit working. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but you're out there playing on your TikToks or playing with your pussies and shit, and I'm still here <laughs> working. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, your your P O. Your P. You're playing with your P.O. <laughs> I know, but I like doing what I do. I love this. Like, I don't see it as work. I see it as fun because I enjoy it. You know, I want to make a difference in people's life. Absolutely. Do I get upset sometimes with patients? Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect by any means. So I get jaded sometimes. I do. But I try to just take a step back and see what can I do to make a difference. Yes, absolutely. Because you never know. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know yeah. what. You don't know what a person's going through. You don't know what day they had. So True. That's so true. And I think that that's where, where we go. Like, we're sharing these things. These are what they're complaining about. And, you know, this, like, the customer's always right. Yeah, there's going to be multiple different factors. Well, I can tell you that the customer of, is not always motherfucking I know. Right. I know that. But what I'm saying is that we have to be able to be I can tell you the customer's not always goddamn right. <laughs> we have to have that emotional intelligence. To be able to decipher through and then not everything requires a reaction. But I feel like us as nurses being the integral profession that we are, no, we're not going to be ran over. Yes, we're going to stand up for ourselves, right. but we're always going to do the right thing. And these patients, it Can is I their right. Secret, what? I never say the word no. That's good. Yeah, what do you why? say instead? So ask me a question that you know I probably would say the no to. 
Kevin, are you going to record your next podcast solo? Sarshima, I know you want me to record my next podcast solo. However, I don't feel comfortable with it because it doesn't make me feel comfortable recording it solo because I need to banter back and forth with you. And I think it would be more effective if you and I did it together. Okay, so you told me no without telling me no. See? I like that. And then <laughs> no comes didn't... off. Yeah, no comes off is what? Say it. Very negative. Right. People, and, and it's closed it off. And then right. it... Yes, so that's why I learned not to say no to people. I know how to say no to you without fucking saying no. I like that. that was and a I good, think that nurses need that. to do the same thing. I need, you just need to do the same thing. But I think that's where as you get more skilled, our communication skills, the more we get skilled in our communication, Knowing how to effectively communicate with people is how we can communicate at any level, any literacy rate, and still get the overall right. job done and keep the patient satisfied at the end. Well, I'll give you an example. When we talk to patient stuff is we draw blood. Why do patients get upset when you draw their blood? What's one reason they get upset because they, they get their blood drawn? Uh, pain? I true. Know. I mean, that's a given. That's a given. But they, a lot of them complain about the amount of blood we take. Oh, that's true. And that is show, a big thing. you show them the blood tubes. Well, how much is in the blood tubes? That's not much. Less than, I mean, it depends on what the medium is, if they got any additives and what's up. Yeah, but don't, well, don't even worry about this. Give me an average amount of an average blood. A half an ml. It's more than that, actually. It's five milliliters. You put five milliliters in one? Okay. Let, let's say that depends we filled the whole I got that. No, I got that whole. I get what you're going. I get where you're going. I get that. But let's say that we filled the whole thing up like we're supposed to. Yeah. Each like the blue tops. Yeah, how many twos do we on average draw, like in the ED? How many twos do we take? How about six? Say again. Six? Right. Six times five is what? 30. But when you're Oh, I can do math. Did you see that? No, but that's good. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but that's good, though. Because if you look at the tubes, though, and you're holding six tubes in your hand, it looks like a lot of blood. Yeah. But you're only drawing how many? 30 ml. But a patient doesn't know what 30 ml is. It's true. How do you explain to a patient what 30 ml is? You go get, tell them it's an ounce of water. <laughs> they don't even know what an ounce is. See, you're still you talking about Well, right. you then you get to get it's a, a medicine cup. cup. Like, get a medicine, a medicine cup. cup. Say, hey, right. this is the amount of blood that's No, here. see, no, they, you can't do that because they won't understand what you have to so do. So you just pour this. the water in there? Nope. I get a cup of ice and I put ice in the medicine cup. And I said, if I give you this cup of medicine, this medicine cup of ice, would you? Would that be enough for you? Would that be too little? And what would most patients say? It would be too little. So then why are you complaining about the blood I drew? Because it's the same amount. Kevin, that's, but that's kind of like... I know, but it blows their fucking mind because they're like, no way, that's not the same. But it is the same. Six tubes of blood is only fucking two tablespoons. Come on, 15 ml a tablespoon. See what I mean? Hey. So, <laughs> but when you break it down, you got to. We have to learn to talk to patients in their language because we're right. talking milliliters, ounces. They don't know what the fuck that means. I'm sure That's some true. people do, but most. Do you know what the average reading level is here in the Central Valley? I and I know sixth grade is one, but it may be lower than that here in the Valley. Third, Third to fourth, fourth grade, grade, right? Yeah. And if you don't know what, if all of you out there, all you wonderful nurses who think you're smart. Don't know what a third or fourth grade level education is? Go get a fucking third or fourth grade book and read that shit. Mm-hmm. It will blow your mind. Yeah. And it's not to make fun of people, but that's how you have to talk to people in order to make sure your education and communication is effective. Exactly. It's not so, that you're trying to talk down to people. You're trying to talk mm-hmm. to them at their level of understanding so they'll right. be better patients. 
Right. That's one thing I told my students is <clears throat> I said, when you become a nurse who can communicate and articulate what you have to say at a sixth grade level and not make the lawyer feel bad or the bum that's on the street, right. then you have won. Because one thing about me when it came to communication, when I first got out of nursing school, you know, I was I was a black girl from the hood. Listen. You're talking way high up there. Right. You know, yeah, because I wanted the world to know that. Smart. Yeah, that I earned this, right? I got it. It was such a sick and twisted kind of mindset because I wasn't effective. And then because nobody understood what the fuck you were saying. Right. You know, most nurses probably probably didn't understand. Like, look at this fucking bitch acting like she all smart and shit. Using those fucking fancy words and shit. What the fuck is she saying? Like, she needs to get out of here. No, but it's probably true. I mean, I get that. I'm sure we all go through that. But yeah, I, so I told my nurses students, I was like, hey, like, y'all don't have to feel like you don't have to make the mistake that I made. Right. But what makes you even more powerful is what I've learned is my ability to be able to communicate at any level. And what I found fifth, sixth grade is comfortable. But what you have to be really, really good at to enhance that is to understand how the body works, how the medication works and be able to interpret it. And break it down to the level. Like you gave that example of like ice in a cup. I mean, shit, I probably would have poured water in a cup and be like, look at this, swallow that. That's all the blood. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's okay. That'll work too. Right. But I'm just thinking like, you know, like looking at that, like these are the ways that we have to break it down so they can get it. And that way we're much more effective in our communication. And we turn the complaints around. Patients are happier. They're healthier. And they're out of the ED, the ICU. Well, I do a lot of patients complain is. A lot of patients complain too because they have to wait. Oh yeah. Or, you know, if, but they don't. We don't really talk to them. We get. We're so busy that we focus on our job instead of the patient. True. But, but this is what I teach young nurses. Like when you go at the beginning of your shift, mm-hmm. go spend five minutes with each patient mm-hmm. and tell your patients. Patient Starshima, mm-hmm. I have four of the patients who I got to see after you. So I'm going to give them the undivided attention I just gave you. So please be patient. Here's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do for you. Here's what I do for them. If you really need me, if you really need like ice chips or pens and paper, call the fuck a CNA for that shit. Mm-hmm. If they don't come, they don't come and help you. But I'm, I got to give them the undivided attention I gave you. And so yeah. I please, please respect that and understand it. If you just have that talk, they'll understand and they're not going to be mad at you. But if you tell a patient something, I'll be back at a certain time. You better be back at that certain time. That is true because that's the quickest way to lose trust with your patient. Because they do not like that shit. If you say I'm going to be back on the hour, then you better fucking be back on the hour. Yeah. Like, don't be doing like y'all be doing those dudes or those women. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to meet you here at 10 and then never show up and leave them hanging. Don't be y'all patients. No, but this is what I'm going to give you a secret tip that I've never shared with anybody. Okay. What do we have at our disposal as nurses? Yeah, a lot of things at our disposal. What communication devices do we have at our disposal to communicate in the hospital? I mean, we have phones. Right. And every patient has their own phone. Phone. Uh So this is what I do is when I go into my patient's room, I write down the phone number to my patient's room. So if I can't make it back on time, I call them on the phone. Hey, listen, I got stuck in this patient's room. I just want to check in on you. Are you doing okay? You still alive? I didn't forget you. I know I said I was going to be there in an hour, but I'm, I got stuck. Right. Give me, I'll be right there, baby. Right. So you're saying, so they're saying, hey, look at the patient's complaining. One of their other complaints is wait time. 
But the way you fix that and make them not complain is good communication. Yeah. Wow. Have yeah. you ever thought about calling your patient on their own phone in the patient room? No. And mm-hmm. everybody likes what? One-on-one oh, on one. phone call? Yeah, they do. They do like one-on-one. On one. That's true. But They're if like I can't the one-on-one on one communication. You, yeah, but yeah. if I can't give it to you right away because I got stuck, at least I called you and let you know, hey, I'm just stuck in this room. I'll be right there, baby. I'm coming. I'll bring you an extra surprise on the way. I'll bring you extra jello and shit. Well, see, so here's the thing. But that is still one-on-one because you caught them personally. You are reaching out to them. One big thing that people, all people want to feel, everybody, I learned this from when I went to go see Oprah. She really emphasized it. And it's been really a trick that I've used in business and in my career is that people want to feel valued. They want to feel mattered and they want to be heard. Right. And if you can do all of those, then you have won. But when we fail to make people feel valued, matter or heard is when we shoot ourselves in the foot. So I think a good technique people could try, it may sound stupid at first, but you'll get better at it, is when you sit down to talk to somebody and they share something with you, repeat it back. So what I heard you say, Starshima, is that people want to feel heard, they want to feel mattered, and they want to feel valued. Is that what I heard you say? That is correct. And what so I, I feel heard. You made what me feel I like right. I was heard. Right. And, and you because me- I made you feel heard, I made you feel... Valued. And, and that I matter. See? How hard was that? Like, that's a great technique that people can use, but they just don't think about doing that shit. I think we lose those basics. Like, because I teach those things to my Well, that's one technique that they teach you when you're assessing your patients. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I don't remember learning that in nurse school. So all of you new nurses out there, besides Starshima's students and shit, you tell me, has your teacher ever taught you those kind of techniques? Because I ask this all the time. What are critical thinking skills, Starshima? And they don't get taught that shit. Yeah, well, my students here. I know that, but you get what I mean? You're only one yeah. person, but how, how many schools are out there? How many instructors are out there? Well, here's the thing. I mean, as we talked about earlier about communication and looking at the things that the patients are complaining about, how can we teach something that we don't know? Right. Well, pick up. Depending upon learning. the capacity. But how did I learn? Not to, How did I learn, Kevin? And I was, you know, you know my background, how shitty life I came from, too. How did I learn to not say the word no? How did, how, did I learn, how did I learn to repeat what you said so you matter and you're heard and feel valued? How did I learn that shit? Probably through experience and the willingness. Here's the big thing is the no, willingness no, to find a different who way. Did you, who did you say you learned your shit from? Those three words, value, matter, and being heard. Who did you say Oprah? you learned them? So, Oprah. So why don't AT. y'all motherfuckers find your own goddamn Oprah? Or mentor that teach you that shit. I know, but that's how you learn it. You learn it from a mentor who taught yeah. you that. Yeah. So why don't we get mentors like a nurse coach? I think at, that at, I think hospitals need yeah. nurse coaches. I think we need to replace the term preceptor with a nurse coach. Because I think why when we look at why people are exiting the bedside is because they don't feel value mattered or heard. They don't feel supported. So if we gave them a nurse coach who would teach them and mentor them up, who is extremely passionate about it to be their guide to their next level, we will change the culture of nursing today. Yeah, but how good are those? And I'm not trying to knock anybody, so don't be banging down my door yelling me and shit, but how good are the nurse preceptor programs here in our valley? Are they really worth it? Do they really teach people anything? Or are they just a bullshit-ass class? I think they're... I- I, I can't speak for every to, organization yet. Mm-hmm, but the one I went to that you mm-hmm. know that I used to work here recently, mm-hmm. to me wasn't. I'll tell you the three 
preceptor programs that I went to, I didn't feel I learned anything. I think that in my in what I feel and what I know now as a seasoned nurse, as a person who coaches and guide people to their next level, is that these approaches are worthy of a revamping to yes. change and retain the retention yes. on our new nurses that are coming in. I think that they're worthy of a revamping you, at the moment. Who made those programs? Oh, probably. I mean, the culture was different 10, right. 20, 30, so 40 years ago. Different. Right. Oh, wait, wait. Say the last part again. The culture was different. How long ago? 40 years ago. Some right. of these things so that were implementing. That's why they changed the NCLEX recently. The NCLEX just True. got revamped because mm-hmm. who made the NCLEX? The people Old from 40 years nurses, ago. Right. And so we need to update our thought process, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the way we've always done it, Starshima. No. I think yeah. it's worthy of a... Re- and I think what organizations... I'm going to get a little bit business on y'all, but I think that these hospitals, if they can see... Because it takes a lot of money to bring a new staff on. And you bring a new nurse on, Roughly and you bring this new grand. nurse on. Yeah, so you bring them on, you train them. And then after you've invested that $40,000 in them, right, they're mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> right? They're gone. Mm-hmm. So now they're gone. But if you can get them a coach, if you can teach your preceptor nurses to know how to effectively coach and guide someone to get a result, right? Because well, as a coach. old-ass nurses who are still in charge don't want to have that mentality. Well, then let them go. If nobody's willing to I shift, know, but they're the ones that are in go. charge. They're the ones up there with the budget and shit. Well, once they start seeing how much money they will save because of retention, like just retention will save an organization millions of dollars. Yeah, but for some reason, though, they just don't get that. I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it to you because I've never been up there in the C-suite because I got a mouth on me and shit. Well, but let me just, just drop in my news on the podcast because they may do it and then I give me my... 1.4 million for my idea. Just no, go ahead. But I, get, I, totally, no, but I totally agree with you. I don't think it's rocket science. I just think they won't change mm-hmm. because they have that same mentality. Well, this is the way we've always done it and it's worked fine for us, but it hasn't mm-hmm. really worked. Right. You know, why are nurses leaving the bedside? Because they're a bunch of pussies. Okay. No. Maybe, some, maybe some of them are POs. You think they're POs? But I think some of them have a valid, they're not being heard and they're not being validated, you know, Things are different now. Yeah, they're not Mm -hmm. feeling supported and stuff. Because, you know, we talked about this. A lot of nurses get 12 weeks of training, but they don't really. They get maybe one or two days, and then they're thrown on the floor. Right. So, I mean, how are they supposed to communicate to patients effectively if they don't, they're not taught taught how to do that? That's right. If they're not coached. Right. No, absolutely. And I think about that communication aspect. You know, I think about I got an opportunity here coming up here really soon. And I got an opportunity to speak to a group of nurses. And we always think that the journey of nursing school, that it's hard, right? And we've done it. But after you graduate, like we think that the getting a diploma, getting a class in the NCLEX is it. That's when it just starts. So now you graduated. What's next? Yeah, now you got to put your shit to practice. (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is, I think the big thing that we don't talk about in nursing school, and I know you may be in the BSN program, but not at a very AD and a diploma type level, is who do I need to become to be the nurse, to become the nurse who can communicate effectively, to know how to, you know, become a Kevin, right? (laughs) To be able to summarize and feedback and to have the emotional intelligence to be able to navigate in these nursing streets. You have right. to become somebody to be able to do it. If not, then you're going to live, you're going to work in a career essentially 
unfulfilled, stressed out, burnt out yes. with that. And then so, you're yeah. going to want to leave early. Yeah. And what you see, because that's why people within the first year, what is it? It's like a 40, 50, 40 to 60 that's percent because, number. That's because in the first year, I tell everybody this and nobody listens to Kevin. Your first year of nursing, you're not learning nursing. You're learning time management. You're learning mm -hmm. to deal with those different cultures, the different attitudes, the different types of patients. And that's your first year that you're going to be. You're not even learning how to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, you you can't see it. But a patient calls you. I don't know if you can see it on camera here on here this way. Patient calls you and says, Starshima, can you come give me that fucking pencil? Mm -hmm. And what does the new nurse do? Okay. There you go. Mm -hmm. After the fourth or fifth time, they're like, bitch, can't you get that shit yourself? I know, but that's what they're saying. They won't say it out loud, but that's what right. they're saying. Mm -hmm. I'll teach you. I will teach you. How to tell that patient, no, I'm not getting that motherfucking pencil for you without being mean and shit. And they'll nice. still love you. That's I'll awesome. teach you that. I that's you what will. the first year of nursing is about. Yeah. How do we, how do we get there? How do we teach, how do we get that kind of program to teach nurses that? We, we need to write the program and present it to an organization and show and what, them the benefit. And what do they not want to spend, Starshima? Well, we're going to save the money. We're going to show them the ROI. But that's the problem, though. So this is what I learned, too. Most of those nurses who are managers and directors, because I've asked a lot of them here this last few months, and you can do the same thing. Do you do you have any nurse manager friends, director? No, friends? I'm kind of bougie. I just say to myself. Do you really not know people. those? You never really no, not know any? I don't know I don't, anybody. I don't believe you and shit. Ask them, though. Have you ever received proper training on how to make a budget and run a hospital mm. department officially? Or did they just make you figure that shit out as you go? I guess what the common answer was, they told me. They'll make you figure it out as you go. They never got proper training. So they themselves don't even know how to fucking run a hospital or a department efficiently and effectively. Mm -hmm. They don't know the numbers. Right. They're just told to keep the budget down so they can get a bonus. So you tell me if the top is messy, then the bottom pretty much is messy. Too. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it trickles know. from the top down, right? Is that what they met, say? I haven't met one person yet, and I'm not saying they're not out there, but I haven't met one person yet that's been given any kind of official training on how to run a hospital financially, soundly, and think about that. And if they are, they're not in nursing, they're in business. Mm -hmm. And business and nurse, because this happened to me at a local nursing agency. I won't tell you which one, but they're the biggest ones here, and they're all over America. And that's how they have it set up. They have a business administrator, and they have a nursing administrator. Mm -hmm. The business administrator runs the business side of the company, and the nurse runs the medical and what happens between the two? What happens? The nurse wants to do everything because they want to do what's best for the patient and the mm -hmm. staff. And the business side says, fuck you. We're not spending any money. Right. So I bet the same process goes on in the hospital, too. Mm -hmm. The business side has no idea about medicine and the medicine side has no idea about business. Right. And the two can't coexist because they don't know each other's story. Yeah. That trickles down into communication, yeah. ineffective communication to the patient and the nurses. Right. Ineffective communication. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. So if it's messy at the top, it's messy at the bottom. Yeah. Well, think about Damn. your wait times. Think about how long people wait in the ED. Why? Mm -hmm. For communication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So let's talk about the third thing. So we talked about communication. We talked about patient wait times. And the other thing is pain. pain. I just want to say, like, pain, like, 
pain. As a new, if I tell you as a new grad nurse to nurse now with some experience underneath her belt, I've changed my outlook on the way of pain. Like I came into this. That's because you experienced it yourself. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, like everybody, you know, in pain and pain, like you can't get that much pain. Like, come on. And I would hear these nurses like, hey, you know, they related pain. You, childbirth nerves. is pain, yeah. you know, but how the hell you tell a man like childbirth is pain? They never even had a contraction a day in their life, you know. But what I've learned is that pain is so subjective, right? right. We look at it sometimes as a very objective thing, but pain is subjective. When you ask me to rate my pain from a scale of zero to 10, you're asking me, what does the pain feel like to me? Not that there's some type of bar and standard because there's so many different influences that can impact the way we interpret pain. Like some people may experience no pain. Like you can slam the damn brick on their toe and they don't feel it, but you do it on my toe and it's a 25, right? So there's so many different factors, but I think sometime in nurses and nursing that we don't take the pain at the value of what that's the patient because you're That's because you're using a pain scale that was created how many years ago? Probably 40. So I how can you, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's true. <laughs> but how can you take that pain scale and relate it to you personally as a nurse? Right. So this is what I would do for you. If you came into the ED as my patient, I'd say, Starshima, are you a parent? Do you have kids? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes or no? Yes. A vaginal or a C-section? Both. Uh, which one was more painful, vaginal or the C section? They're about the same. <laughs> so, would you say it's really painful? It's fair. It's tolerable. So zero being no pain, ten being that fucking big old head coming out your vagina, and you're here for toe pain today. What would you rate your pain? A four. But see what I did to you. I gave yeah. you something to compare it to. Yeah. If you just come in and say, "Hey, zero, and like you said, that's why it's hard for men because men don't give birth. So I ask a guy, I would ask a guy, have you ever fractured your arm, your leg? Have you ever been in a big accident? I would try. And if they don't, it's hard when people have never had kids or they've never been in in some kind of accident. But if you can relate it to something that they've already experienced, it's, you're going to get a more accurate number. Yes. And then, and then what I do is I'm like, oh, start seeing zero. Be, what's this? Zero being no pain, 10 being the worst pain. What would you rate your pain right now? A four. Man, that's terrible, Starshima. That must really be fucking rough for you. Four. Mm-hmm. What would you like it to be? A two. Oh, that's probably okay. Now, I, I can't guarantee that I'll get it at, at a two. I might be able to get it at a two. I probably can definitely get it down to a three. I definitely won't be able to get it to a zero. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? That sounds good. And what have I been doing? As far as like communicating with the patient yeah, and getting you. what the patient needs, you allow me to... Say what I needed, and but then I never if we were able to make the down to what a zero. Well, we should yeah. never tell our we can get yeah. Into but a, a lot of patients, when you ask them what do you want your pain to be, and what do they say a zero, and what do nurses do? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna try. Yeah, okay, but that's poor communication, right? Not yeah. being able to communicate. I'm never gonna promise you a zero because I don't know what's causing your pain, and I don't know if it'll ever be a zero. Right. If you have something yeah. inflammation like pancreatitis, you think you ever get them a you gonna get right. them tolerable, but you yeah. won't get them yeah. pain free. See, so, so, and then you talked about the, and they have, oh, what that fucking survey they have in the hospital? HCAPS. Uh-huh. HCAPS is about pain. It's about seven questions on the HCAPS, all about pain. Mm-hmm. And if you get your nurses to read those seven questions and learn how to create a talking point, if you may, on those seven questions, you'll be better at addressing and communicating your patients. Yep. 
Because a lot of them ask you, did Kevin address your pain? Mm -hmm. did, he, did he make you feel like he was hearing you about your pain? Yes. And that comes back to communication, see? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you having pain right now doing your podcast with me? Instead it's of a 10 out of 10. It's a 10. <laughs> it's we're, at top, we're at the top of the hour. If you want to wrap it up, it's already for, uh, 47. We're 47 minutes into if you want to wrap it up because you're having so much pain and shit. So. I know, right? Is that, <laughs> is that the way we wrap it up? That's just, uh, just that easy? Zero, and zero, zero, being, zero being no pain, 10 being the worst pain ever. You want your pain to be at a zero? That would be the quickest way you can get me from a 10 to a zero? <laughs> It's time for the three W's. Right. <laughs> or at least two of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, hopefully it's all three because, listen, you, I think you, 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 you yeah. Yes, I need some. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. So we talked about some today, like we on this podcast. Pain. Talked about pain. Overall, a big umbrella was that we were looking at what are the major complaints of patients with right. us as nurses. And like Kevin said, it's pain. We talked about communication and we talked about wait times. When I look at all three of these, though, Kevin. What do they like, all have in common? Poor communication, ineffective poor communication, communication. right. If we can communicate effectively, then we can help resolve right. our patient's pain, right. meet your needs according to who said a joint commission, HCAP, what well, HCAP is a right. survey, and then meeting those criteriums and then also making their wait times not seem like true wait times. I think that people feel like they're not seen, they're not mattered, they're not heard. So an hour looks like 10 hours to them, especially right. when you're in pain, you don't know what's going on with you. I think we have to be more empathetic and empathize and put ourselves in our patient's shoes, right? To be able to communicate more effectively to change the trajectory of their care. I think that's maybe the part of the problem because a lot of the nurses are younger nowadays and they don't, want to talk to people. They like being on their cell phones. And a lot of our patients are older than me mm -hmm. in their 60s and 70s. And they don't like cell phones. They like to be spoken to and touched. Yes. So yes. we have to also know our audience that will help us effectively mm -hmm. communicate to our patients. Yeah. That's why that old so people true. come to the hospital sometimes because they're lonely and they just want to, they just want somebody to talk to them and hear them. So your nice soothing voice will put them at ease. You sure will. I sing to them. Oh, shit. <laughs> Go to sleep, say goodnight. Close your eyes and dream of Ativan. <laughs> Not dream of Ativan or dreaming of yeah, the spiders you see because yeah. you had some Ativan. Uh, how about these people that just grasp and shit? No, it's not funny. Speaking of pain, though, I had an atopic pregnancy and I was in the ED. They gave me some morphine. Like, I am so me? narcotic naive. And I'm sitting there like this, like this, like. See? Right. You know what? You know why like, people, I don't want it ever again. Ever you know why again. people do that? You know why you're doing this? Well, my nose was itchy. Right. But nurses don't really understand that, that morphine and fentanyl makes people really itchy. And so they're just doing this. They We, we used to say that you're picking the shit, but you're actually trying to scratch your nose. But but it doesn't look like you're scratching nose because you're like. It was horrible. <laughs> like the worst feature feeling ever. I'm like, don't give that shit to me ever hey. again. Like ever. I'm good. I love it. Give me some Tylenol and some ibuprofen together. I'll give you some well. Perseus so you won't remember me. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> See? Damn. Good glass of wine, huh? Good glass of wine. That's right. <laughs> 
All right, y'all. We thank y'all so much for tuning into the podcast. Yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening in. Thanks to Starshima for for recording me, not making me do this shit solo and stuff. Next episode, he going solo, y'all. Tell him on our go to our Nurse to Nurse podcast community on Facebook at the group, and then tell Kevin put a post in there that you want him to go live and do a solo episode. And I'll be here in the studio as backup. I don't know what it is about our background, but I'm missing something here in our background that you have set up on our podcast. I think it was our name, our name bar. I was recording yeah. my solo podcast, so. And you didn't change that shit back, did you? Yeah, still? no. Damn, man. <laughs> so make sure you go to ask, what is it, ask Coach, Coach Starshima on Twitter, Instagram, and all that. Make sure you go find her as. Tell her to be your female CEO coach and nurse branding coach. You can always yeah. find us in uh, morethancpr.com. That's our website for our training. And yes. we appreciate you guys. Thank you we for listening. Y'all. And if y'all know yeah. of any nurse conferences coming up, be sure to drop them in the community. I'm trying to get in a room. So let me know what y'all got going on. Yeah, All right, y'all. We, we, might, we might have, we might be able to go there and post a live podcast at the. That's at what the, I'm saying. Yeah. See, I've been talking to Kevin well, we in the DM about things and he can ignore me. We can interview nurses there at these conferences and stuff and get their opinions on what we're talking about. Come on. Let's yeah, go. Like I'm, I'm going to send you a link. Road Come trip. On. Road trip, let's go. All right. Hungover, wait, wait. Hungover four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, Have an guys, amazing Thank you very much. Day. Take care. Peace. Peace. Thank you.